I got a notification from uh, Cassidy, which just said, is soup your power? And I'm like, what the fuck? Is that your question? <laughs> Me! Oh! Me! Oh, you were replying to Charlie. <laughs> Fairy of soup. Hello and welcome to the Magic Wings Clubhouse, a podcast where two best friends get together and recap every episode of the Italian Magical Girl series Winks Club. I'm Brendan and I'm Fairy of the Surging Sea. And I'm Tess, Fairy of the Rolling Stones. Today we're watching Season 1, Episode 9, Betrayed. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I thought I watched the wrong one. In, Ital- <laughs> In Italian, it's called Riven's Betrayal, and the four kids dub calls it Spelled. The Italian version of this episode aired February 16th, 2004, and the Four Kids dub episode aired August 14th of 2004. A lot of 2004. It's going to be this way till season two. Woo! Uh, well, actually, depending on the way things work, uh, no, I don't think the season's quite long enough for uh, the Four Kids dub to slip into January 2005 before the end of season one. Yeah, we're... <laughs> We're just taking way too long with season one. <laughs> so I put out a call for listener questions. We didn't get any. Uh, so that means we can probably just move right into the episode. All right. This was. I don't know. It's uh, it's certainly an episode. We'll get a little bit more into our feelings on it at the end after the summary. Sound good? Yeah. It's a dark and stormy night. And Bloom is once again having a plot-relevant dream. (laughs) She's having a plot-relevant night terror. And this time, the Golden Lady tells Bloom her name. She's Daphne. Freddy, Velma too. Scooby! Scooby-dooby! Scooby-dooby! She's just being all spooky. Uh, she tells Bloom to come find her, but not where. And then she kind of just disappears. We cut back to the real world. And Flora goes to Stella's room and wakes her up to get some help. Because Bloom is, once again, having a full volume one-sided conversation in her sleep. Uh, there's a very good joke here in Cineloom. Uh When Stella is half asleep and asks why Flora's here... Flora says she's here about Bloom, and Stella quips right back with, Wrong room, she sleeps in yours. Ha! Which is a far better joke than I can get off when I just got woken up. Stella, Bloom's talking in her sleep again. I did not sign up for this when I registered. Uh, Flora drags Stella into her and Bloom's dorm room, and Bloom isn't just talking in her sleep. She's also flickering back and forth into her fairy form. Which is admittedly weird. It's a cool effect, though. Really cool. And Flora starts having a bit of a panic attack about this, until Stella yells at her to snap out of it, and that wakes Bloom up. She basically goes, can't a girl get some sleep around here? Next day on campus, Bloom uh, explains her dream to the rest of the Winks. While Stella is pointedly walking like four feet in front of them. Tecna says a bunch of big made-up words, uh, but the gist of it is she can scan Bloom's brain to analyze her dream, and she deploys this little ladybug drone that flitters around Bloom's head and makes beep-boop noises. As you do. And Bloom mentions that Tecna has been analyzing Bloom's dream for a while, and uh, through her analysis, Tecna's come to the conclusion... That based on the data feed she's receiving from her ladybug, that Bloom isn't just having dreams. These are psychic messages. Oh, when's that line come up? Wow, Techno, you're a true blue techno wizard. I'd rather be called a fairy, but thanks. I forget which dub that happens in. Is it Cineloom? No, that was in Cineloom. It was definitely Cineloom. 
Because four kids has a line. This PB bug is the latest version. It can do a digisketch. And then Musa quips in with, isn't DJ Sketch the guy who spins top 40 tunes? And of course, this is just kind of a fancy way to say it can render a 3D model based on the residual images left in your subconscious from your dream experience. Which sounds enough like it could work. Obviously, that's not how technology currently works, but I could kind of imagine a point where it would. Someone's working on it. So Tecna recalls her ladybug and puts it back in the little hand scanner that she got it from and generates a holographic bust of Daphne. And now that Bloom can get a solid look at her in the waking world, she realizes that she's seen Daphne before as a carving on the facade of a building in Magix's main square. A note about this flashback is that all of the people are drawn like cardboard cutouts, but they're still acting like three-dimensional creatures. It is so cool. It's like... She knows she had people around them, but she couldn't put any details to the faces. So the flashback was like, yes, people. That was neat. It was a cool effect, but it was... It verges on the uncanny for me just because they're cardboard cutouts. The only way this could have been worse is if they were just mannequins. Not moving, but just gliding around on a 2D plane. (laughs) They all had heelys on. (laughs) Woo! It's the future. Everyone wears heelys. <laughs> um, and then after Bloom figures out that, oh, I saw her there, Stella, mm. someone took a dump in her cornflakes because she is angry today. Okay, maybe not angry, but she definitely does not have any tact. So this episode, let's mention it now. This episode does some weird things with Stella's character. And the four kids dub tries to explain it and sweep it under the rug, but it can only do so much. We'll get there when we get there. This was uncomfortable for me to watch because this isn't the Stella I know. Granted, it's been nine episodes, but I was almost certain that Darcy had taken her place again. It does feel like that. Trying to cause as much annoyance as possible, more subtly this time. Stella's basically trying to gaslight Bloom to her face. Stella tries to explain away Bloom's weird dream as just that, a dream. And then almost insults her by just calling her an Earth girl who doesn't know anything, kind of? And it's like, on one hand, maybe it was just a weird dream. On the other hand, Stella, you were there when she was flickering in and out of her fairy form. There's also the fact that Tecna, two seconds ago, said these are psychic messages and not just dreams. And I don't think you were so far ahead of the group that it wasn't in earshot. And then uh, Stella and Bloom get into a classic Cineloom not-quite-shouting argument. (laughs) (laughs) I am convinced that it's a concerted effort by the voice actresses not to blow the levels on their microphones in the recording studio. But normally that would be the kind of thing a sound mixer would be able to take care of. By trying their best to shout at a level like this where I'm just talking loudly but not too loudly really kneecaps their performances as actors. Do you know what I mean? Uh, Techna's flat scream uh, is a perfect example. Techna's flat scream comes up again later. Oh, it does. Um, I also made a note here that I have seen reality TV arguments that are more believable than this. <laughs> Bloom storms off, and then Stella acts like she has no idea what she's done wrong. She turns to the camera. And basically says, what did I do? And everyone gives her the most pointed looks, and it is great. So, Bloom goes to the library. 
And she has an interaction with the librarian that has two completely different tones in Cinelume and Four Kids. Oh, God, yeah. So in the Cinelume version, she tells the librarian that she's looking for a book, but doesn't know where to start looking. And that she, but she does have a name. And the librarian points her to the, uh, it's a, it's a research lectern. Uh, one of those stands that you can put books on. And, and they call it that. They call it a lectern, which is awesome. And she explains that it's basically like a digital library catalog. Uh, but the early kind where you could only do keyword searches. She tells Bloom how to use it. Is generally being helpful. In four kids, it's the exact opposite. She looks like she couldn't care less about being there. Bloom goes up. It's like, hey, I'm looking for this, that, or the other. And she points and is like, go over there. It's over there. She acts like she's explained how to use the search podium a thousand times already. Not even to Bloom, but today and is just tired of explaining (laughs) it. She also looks like Janine from Ghostbusters, so there's that. <laughs> so Bloom does two different sets of keyword searches depending on the dub. Now, also the um the lectern looks like a butterfly because of course it does. Because everything in this show is themed like merch, even if it isn't. In the Cinelume dub. Bloom starts with just the name Daphne, and because of how broad and vague that is, the library gives her a dictionary or maybe some kind of etymology book about what the name Daphne means and where it comes from. She then refines her keywords to Daphne the Fairy and gets two books back. Uh, One of these books says that Daphne was one of the nine nymphs of magics, a council of fairies that ruled over the magic dimension when the great dragon disappeared. And when Bloom says Daphne nymph of magics, the lectern gets (laughs) overwhelmed with results. Everything just goes towards her. She was gonna get killed by a book. There is a book tornado. And even the rare book section is reacting and the gates are actually rattling. So the librarian, Miss Barbatea, uh, goes to get Farragonda. And Bloom is just cowering in the middle of this book tornado. Uh, Farragonda ends this book cyclone with a spell and says that the library's search function apparently went haywire. Because Bloom has just gone through a very harrowing experience, Farragonda sends her to her room to collect herself. And when Bloom leaves, Farragonda picks up one of the books and sees that Bloom's researching Daphne. This apparently concerns her, and she snaps the book she's holding shut, tells Barbatea to manually reshelve the books so they don't upset the magic sorting system, and then close the library for the day, presumably so that the, the search engine can be recalibrated. In Four Kids, this plays out a little bit differently. Oh, yes, it does. In Four Kids, after the librarian, whose name I can't remember at the moment, tells Bloom to go use the magic podium to search, it prompts her for a search word. So it's talking now. And she says the term... uh, What? Town Hall? Town Hall. And then it gives her a periodical about what's going on at Town Hall. And she's like, I should have expected this. <laughs> Town Hall facade. And then we get into the Daphne fairy thing. And then all the books start talking at her while they fly towards her. Yeah, they added these little, read me, pick me. Uh, no, bring me. Voice clips to all the books. Uh, I do like that we kind of took the long way around to get the same result. But uh, here's where we start our... So the four kids dub 
adds something here that's starting to speed the plot along in an interesting way because I don't think they cut any episodes. I just think they're trying to hold interest by raising intrigue. The book that Farragonda picks up, she says, is about the last coven of the witches. And then says, this book is not part of our collection. And that dark magic must be the reason for the podium malfunctioning. And her... Barbarossa, lock the doors! (laughs) I like that, but it's Barbatea. Barb! Barb the librarian! So after the very fun, not at all deadly trip to the library... Uh, we actually cut to Tecna and Muse's room, where Stella and Flora are hanging out. And Stella does not understand that she was being a jackass. Not at all, and it's so bizarre. Flora tells Stella that she needs to think before she talks, and then Stella reacts like Musa has said something, despite the fact that Musa has been totally silent. So I think Stella is having some sort of episode. Maybe finals are getting to her. Which is weird because we're- Or the the term exams. I don't know. I was about to say, maybe midterms would be a better- Stella goes off on some tangent about the specialists, um, starting to mine Musa for the reason why she's attracted to Riven of all people. Which, to be fair, but you don't have to be that crude about it. Yeah, she's being extra blunt for some reason. And I guess if you wanted to be charitable, you could say it's because Flora woke her up in the middle of the night and she didn't get a full She's night's rest. She's being as blunt as Musa's bangs. <laughs> I think the loose justification is she's being so blunt because she didn't get a full night's sleep and she's annoyed or not rested. Which I, I guess I understand, but... When I don't get a full night's rest, I don't act like this much of a jerk. (laughs) On one hand, work. On the other hand, stop. So, uh, she also blows up Tekna's spot by saying that Tekna has a crush on Timmy. And And she's brushing her hair, her bangs? What what part of that hair is it? Her front swoop? Tekna's hair... It's like one of those high fashion hairdos where everything is just brushed to one side and then gelled to a point. She's brushing her hair and the little teeny tiny comb gets stuck in her hair when she freaks out. I feel like if someone's trying to sell me something. If Tecna and Flora had not been consolidated into one character in Fate the Winx Club saga, Tecna should have had a pink undercut. Because that feels like it would be the best representation of her hairstyle. Ooh. In four kids. Mm-hmm. Or maybe not. Maybe not yet. Oh, uh, is it because... <laughs> Uh, four kids Stella gets that jo- that actually pretty good joke about Tecna picking her fashion well, by it was based on their fireproof quality <laughs> based on flame retardants hey I like my clothes that see this is that thing we keep saying that sometimes four kids is good you know sometimes four kids is good and then other times a, a broken clock is right twice a day even a blind squirrel occasionally finds a nut and he's in the Trix's wardrobe. Stella keeps poking all of Musa's sore spots about Riven and says that Riven barely looks at her and he's never shown any interest in her. And Flora looks about ready to fight Stella after she says that. How is Stella not seeing how angry this is making Musa? This is what you do to someone you don't like. Musa tries saying that she doesn't care about boys, and then Stella just rubs salt right in the wound by saying Riven has only been hanging out with Darcy since the Day of the Rose. But Musa wouldn't know that because she left that episode early. To spend time with her dead mother. Hollow mom. (laughs) 
This hits Musa right where it hurts. Because she yells at Stella and then runs off crying. And her Cineloom voice actress does the weirdest fake sob noises. <laughs> it's more like... <laughs> it's, it's something else. <laughs> she might as well have just leaned right in the microphone and gone... <laughs> Disappointed! <laughs> Musa sad. So as Musa runs away crying, Stella... Once again, turns and is like, did I say something wrong? Uh, Tecna and Flora look like they're ready to just demolish her. But instead we get another not-quite-yell of Stella. We shift focus back to Bloom who is returning to the dorm to tell the other girls that she found out, you know, who Daphne is, and also that uh, she got trapped on a cyclone of literature. And Musa walks by crying, and Bloom barely has time to catch her and ask what's wrong when Stella comes running out of the building, trying to flag Musa down, because maybe she got a clue after Tekken and Flora kicked the crap out of her. Kind of. The answer is kind of. And she physically runs into Bloom and knocks her down. Stella appears to have temporarily had some sense knocked into her and apologizes to Bloom for her behavior after helping her to her feet and asks Bloom where Musa went because she also wants to apologize to Musa. Bloom points in the direction that Musa went and we see her getting onto a bus. And Stella's like, oh darn it. I also want to point out something I caught during the earlier exchange in Tecna and Muse's room. Mm. Four kids, Stella lets out another fret not. I think that's her catchphrase. Yeah. Oh, frick. I forgot to talk about four kids. (laughs) In four kids, Stella is almost more harsh. It's interesting because... In the Cineloom, she's very specifically targeting Musa for no reason. But for kids, Stella is just spraying venom everywhere. Except at Flora for right now. Flora gets a little bit later on, but right now Flora's out of the reign of fire. Well, she is four times weak to poison. She's a grass fairy type. And when we cut to Musa running out of the school... And Stella coming by. (sighs) Oh, that was dumb. That was really dumb, four kids. Instead of Stella just not being able to read the fact that what she's saying is actively hurtful, she had a mood swing spell cast on her. By a senior. By some seniors. After she tried to give them unwanted fashion advice. That being said, that line read, very good. The reason for the line read? It's, at least it's an attempt to justify Stella's behavior. The Cineloom dub never does. Also, um, apparently that was the last bus of the day at 2 (laughs) p.m. Well, it seems to be a weekend, so maybe. Stinkage, that was the last bus of the day. Stinkage. (laughs) This is what, uh... This is what a 30-something writer's room thinks that teenagers say in 2004. The bus lets off downtown. In the Cineloom dub, Musa is sort of talking to herself about how Stella drives her crazy sometimes. And in the four kids dub, she is sadly beatboxing to herself. Ah, yes. Musa tries to beatbox the pain away. Uh, In the Cineloom dub, she says that she hears some, like, a bunch of noise. And there is a cafe nearby where a bunch of Cloud Tower students are having a little get-together. And you can tell they're Cloud Tower students because they all look like they stepped out of a 1980s teen flick. And they are the bad girls. Except for the blonde one with pigtails. (laughs) Yeah, there's a blonde with pigtails, but then there's also, like, we're gonna see a girl with punk spikes like a sea urchin. In uh, Cineloom, the 
talk, like the little background chatter they have is just milling about. In four kids, uh, one of them is the fa- my favorite line ever. I I thought it was a good one too. Uh, forget the cauldron. I only use microwavable potions. That's very good. I mean, same. Musa then starts spying in the windows to see, you know, what's happening. And just so happens that Darcy and Riven are at one of the tables. And Musa is shocked. Because, again, she was not there for the end of last episode to see this happen. At their table, Darcy is playing to Riven's ego in order to seduce him into joining up with the tricks. And says that as long as the tricks know they can count on him, he will be rewarded. She says that she and her sisters don't like the winks. She knows Riven doesn't. And then takes Riven by the hand and has him look into her eyes and then they both have glowy purple hypno eyes. This is apparently sealing the deal. Is it sealing the deal or is... It's very ambiguous. Because with this, we, at least in Sinaloon, we know Riven went on his own volition to hang out with Darcy. Who wouldn't? In Four Kids, he may have, he was probably very nicely spelled... He was very explicitly spelled with a love charm. He was very explicitly spellbound with a love charm to go with her. But it feels like here, he was also charmed in a certain way where it would get rid of any inhibitions he may have had. You know what I mean? I feel like that's the kind of thing that Darcy's doing in the Sinaloom dub is this isn't a brainwashing thing. This spell is just sort of... Tipping the ball. Amplifying your desires. Um, what's a better metaphor for that? Oh, God, we're getting back into metaphors? This is, this spell is, no, this isn't the straw that broke the camel's back. Why, why does every bit of (laughs) seventh grade English just flee my mind whenever I'm doing a podcast? But then, when I'm just talking to my mom in the car... On the way to work, I will whip out a word like verisimilitude. What is that? I don't even know what that means! The ironic part is, at the moment, I can't think of what it means either. Uh, But it seems like she's just sort of forcing the conclusion, I guess. I think you're right. I think she's just sort of uh, getting rid of any of his doubts. Because the only time he seems to express any sort of hesitation is when she says, we don't like the winks and we know you don't either. And he makes a noise like he's about to say that he doesn't exactly dislike them, that they're just annoying. But And then Darcy touches his hand. And... Does the does the magic purple eyes and they're not it's not hypno spirals like she normally does when she uses her magic. It's like a brainwave like they're in sync. The four kids dub. This is straight up brainwashing. This is Darcy basically playing Satan and trying to get Riven to sell her his soul. And Musa tries to leave because she's essentially seeing that Riven and Darcy are together. And then the other two show up. What were their names again? Icy and Stormy? (laughs) Did you genuinely forget? Stormer and Freezer? Stormer and Kimber? (laughs) (laughs) Ah! No. Did you tell me that time that I heard the name Kimberly and I got very confused? Because we were so used to hearing just Kimber. Yeah. I missed the chance to say, obviously, Stormy, uh, Stormer and Pizzazz, because that's Roxy in there. But, uh, anyhow. Uh, Icy and Stormy demand to know why Musa is spying on Darcy. And Musa straight up says that today is a bad day for her, and she doesn't want to deal with them. Oh, Which, on honey, one hand, they don't care. 
and they won't care even if you tell them that you weren't spying because they know you were spying even and, though you aren't and they're also the bad guys also you kind of were spying well <sighs> yes but not to like find out their plans it's it's a fine line between investigating and eavesdropping but uh, it's important to note that Icy physically grabs Musa by the arm. Uh, Icy realizes that Musa was not spying on Darcy, but actually watching Riven, and realizes that for whatever reason, Musa has a crush on him. And she digs the knife in by saying, the other day, Riven said he thinks absolutely nothing of Musa, which I believe, honestly... He's shown no emotion towards her other than annoyance. Which, he's done with all of the fairies. If anything, it's just gross indifference. And Musa then winds her hand back. We cut away so that it doesn't show on screen. But we hear the sound of Musa slapping Icy across the face. Yes, boss. Work. Also, you're gonna die. <laughs> Not only has she slapped Icy, she has slapped Icy so hard there is a visible handprint on Icy's face, and Stormy says she can even see Musa's fingerprints. And four kids. Oh. It cuts away, Musa says a spell, and then Icy comes back with the world's worst photoshopped wart slash cyst on her face. <laughs> It's really bad. It's not even gross, even though it is a little gross. It's floating. It's moving on her face. It looks like somebody took a like took an olive, dipped it in foundation, took a photo of it, and they put that on Icy's face. It's that bad of a of a shop job. And then the next cutaway, Icy says another spell, and now they don't have to deal with the floating wart anymore. But no matter which version we're in, Musa instantly realizes that she's bossed up big time. Oh my god. And, and she immediately tries to apologize. And then Icy grabs the attention of a witch who was walking into the cafe tells her to grab the rest of the Cloud Tower girls inside, and they are all going to teach Musa a lesson. They formed an angry mob. Musa then makes it worse by taunting Icy and asks if Icy needs backup to take her on, even though the Winks have consistently been curb-stomped, even though they outnumber the tricks. We have a nice little scene when Spiky Hot Topic goes inside, basically shouts, Hey, we're gonna beat up a fairy. And all of the witches run out, except for Longface and Murda. When Longface gets up to join in on beating up Musa, Murda stops her and we get Longface's name. Longface is Lucy. Longface also calls Murda Mista? Which is straight up wrong, so Sinaloom's lack of script supervisor strikes again. Mista also sounds like a She-Ra character. I'm thinking of Mermista. Murda says that ganging up on somebody is a stupid idea, and Lucy fires right back and says that Icy is powerful, so by joining in on this mob, Icy Senpai might notice her. We then cut away, back to Althea, and Flora is reading Stella the riot act for not knowing where Musa went and for getting her that upset in the first place. Stella tries to say that the only bus that departs from Althea goes to Magics, but that just means that Musa is somewhere in a very big city, and Flora also says that from Magics, Musa could go almost literally anywhere she wanted. 
Conveniently, they are interrupted by Prince Sky, who drops into frame to ask if they need help. <laughs> it looks like literally from nowhere, and then you just cut and you see the ship. The 4Kids dub says that they explicitly called the specialists for help, but in Cinelum, it's just Boy X Machina. He just kinda shows up. You know, I forgot in uh, 4Kids, when um, Lucy and Murda are talking before Lucy runs off to join the um, rest of the mob, Murda's again like, you're not gonna go join them, are you? And she- And Lucy says you're nice and all but they're seniors (laughs) it's interesting that four kids is playing up the teen drama angle and making the tricks into high school movie villains who just happen to be witches i I don't really have any other comments on that i just think it's kind of weird how hard they lean into it do you know what i mean right I guess it's because, theoretically, this show could reach girls who are just starting high school, or are at least in junior high and have some semblance of what high school might be like. Seasons 1 through 4 are very clearly aimed at, like, the 8 to 12 bracket, so I guess that sort of touches on the junior high group, but not really. And I don't think an older teen who's in high school would be watching Winx Club unless they're us. <laughs> Dude, we're in our mid-twenties. But you know what I mean. Only a fellow Turbo nerd. I just wanted to comment on that because I, I find it fascinating, you know? Right. But back uh, back with, uh, I almost said homo ex machina, and you know what? I'm not wrong. I mean, Stella, when she sees Sky, gets literal anime hearts in her eyes and squeals his name. And Sindalum Tecna has a very good line. Yes, that's his name. We all saw him. No need to yell. <laughs> and then Timmy drops down. <laughs> yeah, Timmy and Brandon are here, too. And the boys saw the girls standing at the bus stop while they were flying overhead in their dropship and they offer the girls a ride. Bloom uh, points out how convenient this all is, and Flora asks why Riven isn't with them. Uh, Timmy explains that Riven followed through with his threat and got transferred to a different specialist squad, but it's basically not a loss. Brandon offers the girls a ride, and everybody gets in the dropship. Flora, the only one without a date mate, is currently sane. Back in Magic's, Musa is running for her literal actual life. Are there no police? Uh, Musa is being chased by a mob of witches who are shooting magic at her. And much like in real life, a young woman of color is visibly in distress and there's a bunch of bystanders just watching it all happen. Not even visibly in distress, visibly running for her life from approximately seven to eight girls who are shooting at her. Musa ducks down an alleyway and, like, smacks right into Riven. And she asks him for help. And Riven just asks why he should. Ouch. Musa then keeps running. And on the airship, Brandon is somehow tracking her. She's a red dot on the map of the street below them, and the- Being followed by another bunch of red dots? And he says that Musa's about to hit a dead end, and they're gonna have to move quick. Musa hits the dead end, and is presumably too emotionally worked up to transform and fly. Oh, um, I nearly forgot in Four Kids. It's mentioned that it's being- this is taking place on a Wednesday. <laughs> oh! I've- you're right, Be- Timmy's very good line. Because the witches have their weekly dark arts and crafts meeting. I love that. Unironically love dark arts and crafts. I knew you would. I knew you would. <laughs> it's such a good joke. 
dark arts and crafts. And they don't they don't push it over the line by giving the cafe some name like like <laughs> uh double bubble toil and trouble or anything. No, it's just the hex cafe. So you're allowed to bask in dark arts and crafts. <laughs> I'm just imagining a like a like a Boss. popsicle stick voodoo doll, a, mac- a macrame goat's head, a, a macaroni summoning circle, ah. candle making. It's just candle making. I mean, of course, it's with the fat of a hanged man, but it's just candle making. <laughs> okay, so back to Musa nearly dying. Musa hits the dead end. Oh no. The witches catch up to her. And Stormy and Icy levitate down and they are transformed. They're in their jumpsuits. And then the wall behind Musa gets straight up exploded by the specialists. And conveniently, the sliver of wall that Musa was standing in front of did not get taken out in the explosion. And then it crumbles to pieces after she steps out from behind it. Somehow, she's not dead. This is a lot of property damage, by the way. Like, not just the specialist blowing up that wall building. It it seemed like it was just blocking that alley off from street access. That's still a fair bit of property damage. So Musa joins up with the specialists and the rest of the Winks. And Riven strong arms his way through the crowd of witches and pulls his sword on the other boys. This starts a lightsaber fight between Brandon and Riven. This is this whole sequence, like not just the fight between Riven and Brandon, just in this whole fight sequence in general is really, really good. It is. It's actually a very well done fight and I hope we get more like it. And normally we gloss over the fights after we did the blow-by-blow in, like, episodes one and two. But this time we actually do need to dissect this fight scene. Because a lot happens and a lot of people almost die. So, uh, while Brandon and Riven are having their lightsaber fight, the witches try to use this opening to go after Musa. And then... Sky does a Final Fantasy move and slams his sword into the ground and it makes a wall of green fire that blocks them. And because they can't move past this energy wall without being vaporized, I guess, Icy gets so mad that it starts snowing and Stormy shoots lightning into the sky to start brewing up a storm. And uh, I just want to make a sidebar that one of the witches in Sinaloom for her one line that is what's going on puts on the worst southern accent i don't know if you notice because it's so blink and you miss it but she literally goes what's going on yeah i noticed that i i appreciate that actress making a choice she certainly tried so uh bloom says it's probably a good idea to transform and we get the transformation sequences We'll have a better chance at not dying if we transform. So after they transform, it's not very remarkable, and it's not another padded-for-time sequence. Uh, This is about the average amount of time that they'll spend transforming per episode, and I wouldn't even say it's 45 seconds. It's easy enough to skip past, because nothing changes. Uh, Stormy hits Tecna with lightning and instantly takes her out of the fight. She is, she's done. Timmy's over there taking care of her. She's just done. She got short-circuited. I see, now here's something that, the way it was drawn, I thought Icy was ice skating on solid ground, which would actually be kind of cool. But she's just levitating and standing weird. Uh... (laughs) She start. Uh, she tries to hit Stella with some icicles, and Stella takes shelter behind a parked car, and Icy just explodes the car. So Stella's trapped in a car fire. <laughs> oh no! It almost sounded like she said incendio. 
in the four kids dub, yes. But thankfully, it was incendium, so J.K. Rowling won't sue them. <laughs> uh, Musa tries to rescue Stella from the car fire, but she gets stopped by Darcy. Darcy blasts her with some shadow rings. And then this move didn't really make sense to me until I realized what might be going on. So it looks like Darcy teleports right next to Musa, makes some sort of energy blast, and Musa goes flying, right? Right. Do you know what I like to think happened? Or that was an illusion duplicate rig to explode. Okay. Which is honestly really cool. So uh, Musa tries to get up. But she is surrounded by a ring of illusion Darcy's that all start using their hypno hands on her. And uh, not uh, Sky is not just a Final Fantasy. Sky is a Zelda because he does a sword beam like the the boomerang style ones and cuts through all of the illusion Darcy's. And that makes the real Darcy like fall unconscious for a second. Why? We're not sure. Uh, probably just, like, the mental energy that's needed to keep up all those illusions, and then suddenly they're not there. So she just had, a, like, a, like, a fainting, not a fainting spell, but almost like a, sort of like a sudden blood pressure drop will get you real woozy. Right. Uh, unfortunately, Sky is still surrounded by all of the Cloud Tower students who blast him hard enough to skid him across the pavement. <laughs> and Musa says, thanks for the help. And Sky says, go get him, tiger. Uh, up in the sky, Stormy takes Flora out with a lightning ball almost instantly. And then... And she's dead on the side of a building. Yeah, Flora's... Flora does not look like she's in good shape. And the four kids dub adds a very shaky I'm okay from her voice actress. Just so that the kids at home don't worry too much. But A very well delivered. A very well delivered I'm okay. In a way that is very okay. clear that she's not. So this means that uh, Stormy is one-on-one -on -one with Bloom. Bloom shoots a fireball at her and actually, like, manages to graze Stormy and send her outfit. And <laughs> Stormy gets so mad that she screams and a tornado happens. In Four Kids, she claims that that is her favorite skirt. Which doesn't make sense, but okay. Uh, Timmy is trying to wake unconscious Tecna up when Icy descends from the sky and starts to freeze Tecna solid. In Four Kids, she calls that... Geek a la mode. Musa helps Stella out of the car fire, and Stella flies off to rejoin the fight. Musa tries to go with her, but Darcy confronts her. Darcy takes control of a bunch of parked cars nearby, and makes one of them literally run Musa over. Like, it slams Oof. into her, and Musa, like, is unconscious on the ground. Icy is still freezing Techna slowly while Timmy watches. Uh, and she's doing it slow because Icy just likes to make people suffer. And then she says, uh. isn't it sweet? Frozen lovebirds presumably is going to freeze Timmy too. And then Stella swoops in and throws up a shield. Of course she'd freeze Timmy. He's a witness. I like her four kids delivery. One thing I will say, I love the four kids tricks. They have very good villain quips, but are still appropriately menacing. So while Tekken is half frozen over and Timmy says some sort of line, Icy says, I call this a double scoop. And when Stella <laughs> blocks the blast, she goes, okay, triple scoop. <laughs> Doesn't even hesitate, just rolls, just yes ands. So Darcy, meanwhile, can, like, arranges all of these parked cars in a pile. Well, they're not parked anymore. Uh, all of the possessed cars in a pile. And then says she's gonna smash Musa like a cockroach. And the cars just lower, slowly. 
like the New Year's Eve ball slowly descending to count down to midnight because we need dramatics. And we also don't really want Musa to die. <laughs> Bloom tries to disengage from Stormy to help Musa out, but Stormy keeps, you know, getting in front of her and taunting her. And I'm of two minds here. One of them is that this is a three-dimensional plane you could just go over top of her. The other part of me recognizes Bloom is probably too worried about saving Muse's life to care about that fact. And the third voice is just screaming constantly. (laughs) So Bloom gets mad. Bloom gets so mad that she literally ignites and all of her lines turn yellow to show how much heat she's putting off. Icy is trying to wear Stella's shield down. But then she looks up at glowing Bloom, sees what's happening, and conjures her vacuum crystal, and it starts flashing. It starts going off because that is a very powerful magic source. Now, Simloom I see, says, who is this? As if she hasn't been trying to kill Bloom for weeks. (laughs) And definitely knows her name. But the more important part is that Bloom goes supernova. Yeah, she goes supernova and destroys the entire realm. The end. End of series. Good job, guys. She's glowing so bright that the entire city block is orange. And she knocks Icy Darcy and Stormy out of the sky with this searing white light. Uh, Riven gets distracted from his sword fight with Brandon and uh, goes to help Darcy. And Icy orders a retreat. And Bloom burns out and descends to the ground, detransformed, because she's used up so much power. Back on the dropship, Brandon gets Bloom a glass of water, and the boys do a wellness check to make sure that all the girls are okay. In Four Kids, Brandon calls it Hero's Brew. Casual potions. They're all sitting on boxes instead of any seats? I mean, if this is a dropship that's only supposed to carry cargo, it kind of makes sense that there aren't any passenger seats. And that would all just be in the cockpit. At the very least, we know it accommodates four. And Stella's up front with Timmy. No, no, she's not. Uh, And Techna's up front with Timmy. There we go. Uh, Timmy says that he is going to drop the girls off at Alfea, and then Stella starts back on her bus. Stella says she was right about Riven, and while she's not wrong, this is not the best time. Thankfully, Musa says that she never wants to see Riven again. Which would be great if that were actually the case for the series. Stella then starts going on about how she was right, Musa did like Riven, and she starts outing everybody's crushes until Flora knees her in the hip bone. Because Flora has nothing to lose. Uh, and then we end the episode at Cloud Tower. The tricks are walking back into the school. Stormy complains that she, um, that she broke a nail. Darcy's complaining that she didn't get to say goodbye to Riven. And then Icy tells them both to shut up, because they need to hold a very special meeting about Bloom. And that is the fade to black that ends the episode. In Four Kids, Stormy complains that she almost broke a nail. Darcy doesn't know why they retreated. And Icy says, we know where the dragon flame is. We are going to become unto a god. Like, what? Yep, because gods forbid that... (laughs) They leave anything ambiguous, leave any form of uh, impetus is the is a big word, and it's not the word I want to use. Uh, leave any sense of suspense? Leave any s- sense of suspense. Leave any incentive to tune in next week. That's the I word I was trying to think of. They just have to straight up say that Bloom has the dragon flame. Wait, what? Yeah. Yep, Four Kids just blows the lid. Four Kids likes to do that. They have great lines and then just ruin everything. 
So now it's time to talk about our best moment, our worst moment, and our MVP for the episode. Tess, what is the best moment? Well, I should say, what is your best moment for this episode? What is your best moment, and why is it Icy getting slapped across the face? <laughs> that was a very, that was very good. Um, yeah, I can't think of anything. Icy getting what's coming to her. Um, my best is that Musa realizes Riven is not worth her time, even if it doesn't last. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, my worst moment for this episode is Stella being out of character for the whole thing. Yeah. That was awful, and I hated it. I do not know what the writers were thinking. And here's the worst part. She's acting this way in both dubs, which can only lead me to conclude she's acting this way in the original Italian. And therefore, the fault lies squarely with the Italian writers. Boo! Or, as they say in Italian, boo! Um, who's your MVP? I don't know, because no one was particularly standout in this episode. I gave it to Bloom, because she, you know, kept all of her friends from getting literal murdered. True. Oh, we did, we forgot about the end-to-end scene. Oh, the inserted scene in Four Kids. One with Faramosa, Ferragonda, and Barbatal? I just kind of like calling her Barb the Librarian. <laughs> the one with Farragonda and Babs? <laughs> yeah, Four Kids does add a scene right before the Cloud Tower scene of Farragonda and Barbatea. Um, oh, was it? Was it? I thought it was in both of them. I didn't notice it in Cinelum. Let me, let me pull it up. I could have sworn that in Cinelum, she says... Don't let Bloom look up at things about Daphne anymore. And in Four Kids, it was like, keep an eye on the, um, on the library or whatever. I don't know. What? No. It goes from the dropship right to the tricks walking into Cloud Tower. Yeah, and then after the witches is that scene. Oh. I thought Icy ended the episode. Okay, yep. Yep, so that was a whole scene that I missed because I thought the episode was over. (laughs) Yep. Okay. In Four Kids, Farragonda says that there is dark magic at work. Again. And in Cineloom, that they must not let Bloom look up anything about Daphne again. So we're building intrigue. Who is Daphne? Daphne is the fashionable redhead. She usually wears purple. She's got a green little neckerchief. She's played by Sarah Jessica... No. Sarah Michelle Keller. <laughs> Perfect. All right, folks. Thanks for listening today. Did I give my MVP? Oh, did you? Uh, I said mine was Bloom. I don't think you did. I honestly couldn't think of one. Are you going to leave yours as... You can't think of one for this episode, or? Eh, Get Bloom's the best idea. Thank you for joining us today for the Magic Winks Clubhouse. You can follow me, Brendan, on Twitter at SonataWaves, S-O-N-A-T-A-W-A-V-E-S. You can find me, Tess, on Twitter at Pocky Slice. That is Pocky like the delicious snack, slice as in a slice of pie. You can find the show on Twitter at MagicWinksPod. You can email us at MagicWinksClubhouse at gmail.com. That is the name of the podcast at gmail.com. If you like the show, you can leave us a rating and review anywhere you listen to the pod. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, and Podbean, which is our host website. Uh, if you don't want to leave a rating and a review, you can also just spread the word. Any new ears we get on the pod are appreciated. Anything else? I think that's it. So, meeting adjourned. Open your eyes, open your mind. We are the Winks. Winks, if your hand is holding mine. We are the Winks.
Okay, so it's nice to know that, like, there's at least, like, 30 minutes that we could just cut. Half of it was you in the bathroom. Half of it was me having a crisis of f- faith.